0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's Quintessential Listening, Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. guests tonight are members of the famed poetry collective, The Right Blend, in alphabetical order. The members of the group are Clifford Bernier, Hiram LaRue, Billy O'Carra, Diane Wilburn-Parks, Liz Reitzig, and Dynasta Miss Cayenne Thomas. Welcome, everyone.
2: Thank you. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. Welcome,
2: welcome. You know, the title Thank of their you. first
1: book is the right blend and it is available on amazon and walmart.com it is a must read it is not only compelling and powerful but timely timely given ongoing debates about race color gender class and opportunity in america i could go on and on about the importance of this book but i'd rather turn the program over to the members of the group to share their own words poems and thoughts so i turn the program over to clifford bernier and Diane Wilburn Parks. Thank you, Doctor Ingram.
3: All the winds, Ode to the Jazz Harmonica. All the winds that ever were blow through this harbour the Scirocco scorching Africa, the Mistral storming the Rhone, trade winds charting the Indies, westerlies pumping heat from the horse latitudes to the coast of Capricorn and Cancer, to Pompero on the Pampas, doldrums in the tropics. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp. From the first star, music of the spheres, Aeolus conjuring cyclones, Zephyr foretelling spring, Phaelion summoning the sunlight, twisting tornadoes, rubatos, monsoons and hurricanes, sheer, planetary pressures, spiraling squalls, willy-nilly and the dust devils. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp. The winds of change, the four sheets, pissing, spitting, downbursts up tempo, the polar easterlies sloping to Doreto, the, the bees kissing the Alps, the Buran in Siberia, Rudra surfing the loose, the jazz that composes life, movement in deep time. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp.
2: Thank you, Dr. Ingram. My poem is... Night. She stood as dark as ever, waiting for me to follow. I chose her canopy for covering and faded into her like clouds. She sleepwalks in my skin, questioning the sound of my moods we've been here before. Our souls crossed as she tucked the moon in my hair. We've lain on the subtle hills of her slanted cliffs and mountaintops trimmed in heavy coals, sprinkling dust over pitched blue moons and pillows while craving the intractable lips of her rivers. My eyes quickly fold, then flow through her mouth, kissing the bank of her salty lips as she stands stronger and darker than ever, glistening like diamonds Seeking out of shadows. She eagerly plucks the soul of wild children, leaving their flesh to become lifeless sentences of old intellect. She wears truth like sandals. I'm left bald with the heartbeat of a wind. I can't seem to convince any longer. She drags me into the streams of songs. That a sandman carries, I go into her eagerly, night. Thank you.
1: The Right Blend. What a beautiful title of a book. And when I had an opportunity to read about the word blend itself and the definition of it, to mix together or combine together so as to make a product of desired quality, to put a combined abstract things together, to form a harmonious combination. Tell me more about the title of the book
2: and the group. Well, from from Diane, um, I will tell you, for me, it certainly uh, has a distinction of voices, Uh, but they blend so well together, it means that even though we are unique, we are different, that these beautiful differences we have come to respect, and it is like an array or a bouquet of flowers. We complement each other. And so I think that's what's missing if we look at the world today, is that the respect of our differences and the fact that we are culturally different different and our artistic talents are all different. The ranges are very broad and different, but they are to be respected and to be celebrated. Mm, very nice. And that's why we blend. That's
1: why you blend. What was the most difficult part of the artistic process? Anyone?
2: Okay. This is Cayenne. I think um, that's the irony um, with us, and and anyone can, you know, chime in, but I think that is the irony is that while we are very different, whether in ethnicity, ages, and um, just backgrounds, when we write uncannily, there is a unity. Even from our different perspectives, you will find uh, a place that we all land together, or similarly, that makes the process of writing together very easy and not challenging at all. It, it's but it's it's so unrehearsed, it's so organic, um, very difficult to really explain. But we didn't, we don't see, at least I don't see it, find much difficulty in writing together.
0: Hmm.
3: Others, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Cliff. Here, I, I think we feed off each other. Um, we feed off of our experiences and our um, uh, our our approaches to life, and uh, and draw inspiration um, from each other. And I think it uh, it,
1: it deepens our, our poetry. Now, is that inspiration that you draw from each other also the easiest part of the process? <laughs> Probably,
3: uh, it's just in, it's inspiring. Yeah, that's why they me big ask others.
1: questions. <laughs> 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 Please answer that one more time. I'm sorry, I interrupted.
0: Yeah, no,
3: I think being yeah. around each other is just inspiring. Maybe the hardest part is getting our schedules to
1: uh, to, to align, um, but uh, being together is is a joy. All right, very nice, very nice. I'd like now to introduce Billy O'Kara and Hiram LaRue.
2: Hey, well, this is Billy, and I'm going to read a, a poem from the chapter in the book called Blending Voices, and it's called The Poet in Me. There was the poet in me, word of falling free, form from fountains full of wonder, torn asunder, not repenting or relenting. What the simile or metaphor became core phrases, fighting for proceeded on Aberrant page. There was a the poet in me, time when shadows shamed by fearless light of pen spend no tall hell, worshipped no false gods, but scampered fast away. I'd have my say of ruthless rage, reckless and full of truth. There was the poet in me, witness, prophet, preacher, bard, proclaiming and naming nuanced nightmare, visions vying for open air, full of grace and love. And what was lyrical in the night came as song, and what was haiku wandered about her, she and God in spoken words, wilderness walking. There was the poet in me. Blind as Bartimaeus, lame as the one lying by the pool of Bethesda, awaiting troubled waters, waiting to be lifted higher, higher, waking word, and my sin of silence purged. It was the poet in me, one, arisen from the tomb, released from that dark star death, unearthing universal utterance, badgering my demons back down into the darkness. Lord. Give me coals of fire upon my tongue, the gift of David unafraid, that when laid upon that open page, there shouts the psalmist, real, and the sage. There was the poet in them.
4: Beautiful. That was beautiful, Billy. This is Hiram LaRue. And, and Dr. Ingram, before I read my poem, I just want to... Yes. Um, hold up, the vision that Diane Wilbom Parks had in forming this group, I don't want to speak for her, but I think she saw that there was both an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity, and a real need these days and times to form a group of diverse poetic voices and poets. And she has very successfully done that. As Billy mentioned, her poem, that she just read was from one of the sections of the book called Blending Voices. The collection is, in fact, um, divided into several sections, like blending colors, blending praise, excuse me, blending uniqueness, blending together. My poem is from the Blending Voices section, and it's titled Evening. Gnats? No how lovely you are so do yucca leaf spears here on the island that makes you takes you towards whispering clouds takes you into rose risks of sunshine and deep ferns peeled back to reveal those hiddens of you no one else but you goldens the gnats or walks up the sand shouldering the air like a country. Thank you, Dr. Ingram. All right. Thank you, sir.
1: Very nice. Very nice. One of the questions that I ask all my guests, and I've had over 150 now, Is what is poetry? Would anyone like to take a stab at that? What is poetry to
2: them, to you individually? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Billy. Poetry for me has been (laughs) almost—it's been a healing tool. It's been sort of like you know salvation in a way. You know, I'm I'm probably sounding very facetious, but it's been um, sanity. you know, when mm-hmm. you can't say something out loud you can always write it down. It's you know, it's yes. been something that has um clarified thought for me and everything. It's it's been, you know, I think next to God and my family, poetry is probably the most important thing <laughs> to me in my life and everything. It's it's been a um a tool, um, you know, to to demonstrate my humanness too.
1: Mm. I like that.
2: Anyone else? What is it? What is this thing that we do? What is it? Well, I, I will tell you for me, this is Diane, for me, it is, it is really my air. It is a place that I can go to for comfort and, as Billy said, for healing. Uh, it has been my one sacred space to fall flat on my face. To also stand up in my words, um, it is my best friend. Uh, mm. I go to this place very, very often, and it is the one place that I am most vulnerable. That's what poetry is to me. All right.
1: Anyone else as we continue this journey? I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm mm-hmm. hearing. Anyone else?
5: Yeah, this is uh-huh. it. Um, I love the question, and, and, and I think I, I really I relate a lot to what Diane was saying, and Billy, and, and I would add to that, that it's also a conversation with both, both previous and future generations, and it's, it's, it's a way that, it's a way, like, for me, I can glimpse into the souls of people in the past, and maybe even contribute to some people in the future who I will never meet.
1: Mm. Beautifully stated. I'd like now mm. to introduce you, Liz, as well as Miss Cayenne. Is it?
5: Am I going or Miss Cayenne? Mm.
1: Liz. Uh, I think you're going, Liz.
5: Okay, great. I am reading a poem from the book from our section called "The Color of Pain." Uh, from the section of. Uh, blending colors this poem is called the color of paint reflection is a loud bang as yellow clouds morph into the wind with a nod towards saturn's pink ring the day gives no reprieve to the purple black bruise over her left eye where his fist landed last night the color of silence is the smell of shame coiled tightly in her throat as she chokes on the putrid scream spreading through her veins, dripping red from the split skin where his knife left its mark and his intentions left nothing uncertain. Fear is the sight of her loved ones trapped by the brown-green quicksand of someone else's rage. The color of death is the sparkle of diamonds
2: dancing on her
5: finger, locking her to her silence as loud as the gunshot that covers the blue sky over her grave. Thank you. Thank you, Liz.
2: I appreciate uh, always hearing uh, that particular piece, sombering, but it's... uh, Well put together. I am going to read a piece. It's very short, um, but I'm specifically choosing this piece. It is from um, the section of the book, The Right Blend. It's the section Blending Diversity, and it's called Facing East. I am particularly fond of this for this occasion because, uh, Dr. Ingram, this was one of the poems that came out of one of the writing prompts uh, in the meetup groups that we both participated in um, whereby uh, the prompt was to literally sit in the space and to face a particular direction. I'm very directionally challenged, so they have to tell me which way was east, but face <clears throat> a direction that we thought was east. <laughs> um, and then literally let the direction speak to you. So here's a piece called Facing East. East Coast, a modern-day land of milk and honey, small, narrow streets driven on by gaudy gas guzzlers, but they're shiny, so tiny apartments house big dreams, huge price tags are met with working core salaries, fast-paced trajectories turn peoples into dollar signs, Once in a lifetime opportunities are sometimes purchased with the things that really matter. Thank you. Thank you. You
1: should see the smile on my face. That's the only bad thing about being on the radio, on the telephone, is that you can't see the smile on a person's face.
0: I am smiling.
1: That's that incredible. Liz, this is a question for you, all right, and then others can chime in as well. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power?
5: Ooh, Ooh that's a tough one. Um <laughs> Well, let's see. I, I think I was quite young when I was first introduced to Emily Dickinson, and I would, I would go around and, and just recite some of her poems and realizing how, how much I connected to her poetry. And then in addition to that, the, the ways that the people who I recited it to connected to it, I, that really left an impression with very young me. So, um, you know, you're asking for a really early experience, and and, and wow, I mean, what a great question, and and I really had to think about that, and and I think that that's that's an early example of that. Thanks for bringing that memory up for me. (laughs) Well, I think I'd
1: like everyone to answer that question. What was an early experience that, that made you say, wow, poetry, this is it?
2: Well, this is Billy this is Billy. I my earliest experience probably was tenth grade and when we read Edna Saint Vincent Malay and her poem that I fell in love with um called Renaissance and it just went all I could see from where I stood with three long mountains and the woods. I saw Three Islands In a day and I can't remember the rest of it now. But I mean it was like like Liz something just clicked. And I guess that, um, put together with my upbringing in the church and, you know, the you know, the call response for things we listened to, you know, since we were five years old and everything. I mean, things just clicked in my head. And I you know, I started writing when I was like like seventeen years old. I've been writing poetry ever since. But it was Malay. All right. Just her Saint uh, Vincent. Millet. Millet. All right. Yeah.
1: All right, right. who's next? Who'd like to share?
2: I would
0: like
2: to share. I would like to share. You know, when I heard, the first time I heard Sojourner Truth, ain't I a woman, something went all over me. You have to, uh, I don't know that, that I've talked about my background, which I have not. But I'm from Georgia, and so there are a lot of boycotts. There are a lot of stuff going on in Georgia when I was uh, in the '70s, and I was very much a part of the some of the marches and some of the boycotts, you know, as a little girl. Uh, but when I heard this poem for the first time, I, you know, it just shook me because even then. You know, in the 1800s, even then, you have a a woman with courage enough to say that, you know, you're doing this for them, and ain't I a woman? I just love that. Mm -hmm. So that is my Mm -hmm. first wow moment for poetry is it's a journey of truth, ain't I a woman? All right. All right.
1: Clifford, what about you,
3: sir? So um, I I started writing, when I, when I was young, my family moved overseas, and we didn't have, a, I didn't have any friends. I left my friends behind, and so I began reading, uh, reading books, and I went from uh, young adult books to adult books very quickly, and I don't remember reading poetry, but I remember uh, writing in my bed at night, and it came out as poetry, and I don't know why it did. It just did, and that. But I guess was the most powerful way for me to express myself um, in words, and um, that that was the experience of poetry for me. And I, I never stopped from that point on. Um, All right, very nice, it, very nice. It's been a way. It's been a way for me to figure out the world. And um, oh yes,
1: that's, that's a life long journey. Yes, I can understand mm-hmm. that. Hiram, what about you, my friend?
4: I think uh, when I was young, having the opportunity to crack open James Weldon Johnson's God's Trombones was just a a choir in a book for me. It was um, the, the notion that you could do with words, you could lift up, literally lift up eyes, lift up hearts, lift up spirit with words. This was amazing to me. And uh, so I look back to that book, look to other poets as well, but that book certainly had an impact on me. Thank you for that wonderful question.
1: Yes. And Ms. Kyan. Um It's
2: interesting because as I'm thinking about this question, I have so many Places I can specifically point to, but your question was the earliest, and according to my mother, it was three years of age. She transcribed something that I said that was very poetic, um, and in her my in her words, my first poem was at the age of three. My first recollection of a poem that I wrote and was connected to poetry and writing in that way was second grade, <clears throat> and I think my mother ultimately no matter how I split the the different um, times where I recognized poetry being very connected to me or connected to it. My mother was the the igniter and the initiator. She had a way with words. She introduced me to words. I read the dictionary uh, and was just fascinated with words and how to use them in sentences. And I was bullied as a kid, and I couldn't fight for a while. I learned to fight eventually, but I couldn't fight for a while. But I had my words. And it's, if you spoke to me and I wanted to come back, I would come back with words, and you wouldn't even know that you just got a, a uppercut with words. And so I, I've always uh, that was my that was my ability to fight. I wasn't a physical fighter, but I had words. All right,
1: all right. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Mm. To, to ask you questions, I believe. Are you open to that? Most yeah. definitely, of course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see if this works. All right. Area code 240. The first three numbers are 353. Three, you're on the air with the right blend. Hello, It's Lady Di. Hello.
0: Hi, Lady Hi, Di. Di. Hi. Hi, Lady Di. Hello. I'm How really are you? I'm
2: glad I'm read you can hear me.
1: This, this yes, is exciting. Don't. Um,
2: yes. I don't have a
1: question in particular, but I just want to say that hearing each of you speak, you already
2: know that I, that I have an extra special closeness to each poet that's on the line, including the host. So I just want to sit back and just listen to you all some more. And it's just a delight for my evening. Thank you so much. All right.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for calling. You
0: guys. In. I
1: greatly appreciate it. All right. Okay. Area code 571-288. You're on the air with the right blend. I have a question.
5: Uh, I don't have a question. I just wanted to say hi to uh, Miss Cayenne. How are you? I love you. <laughs> and I also wanted to say hi to the host, Michael. This is Anastasia. You Hello, Anastasia. Hi, Anastasia.
0: How you? Hi, Anastasia.
2: Hi. Hi. <laughs> great, great. Good to
1: hear, from great to
5: hear you. your voice. All right. It's good to hear you all. I'm going to
1: co- uh, continue listening, okay? All right. Thank, thank you, Anastasia. Appreciate the call. All right. And there's one more here. Area code 610. The first three numbers are 207. You're on the air with the right Blend.
0: Hello, Dr. Ingram. I want to thank you for calling the Wright Blend to come and be on your show. <laughs> this is wonderful to hear them. They are an
1: amazing well, right. group of... Poets and I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. I'd like to turn the program back over to Clifford and to Diane. Thank you,
3: Michael. Um, I should have said my first poem was from the section of the book uh, called Blending Voices. Uh, My next poem will be from the section of the book called Blending Diversity, and it's called Sketches of Spain. Miles said, de Aranjuez. couldn't get it out of my mind. The cool, the castanets, the moriscos, cutting at Monroe's, pimping in Detroit, composing with Gill, gypsies in the modal dance, Castilians, killing the night, like one big guitar, one fierce palmer, penny whistle of the pig castrator, caleo of smack and blow, saitas, soleas, cante hondo and duende, the arrow of song. In the heart pierced by grief, Miles said, through longings and laments, loneliness hid in the hard bottle blooms, bitterness scored in the shadows.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Cliff. That was beautiful. Um, I'm going to say thank you again to Dr. Ingram for being an endorser on uh, the book. We absolutely yes. appreciate your endorsement of the book. So you've been with us uh, in that process of getting this book um, up and available, which is, it is available on, uh, you know, Amazon and, and so But I, I just want to also say that uh, we're, we're all appreciative of this moment, and um, we just want to thank you for allowing us to be here now, I'm going to read a poem, and the poem that I read earlier was from Blending Uniqueness. But this poem is a poem that I wrote. Um, it's, it really is a remembrance of my mother, and this is not in the book. So, and I'm not going to read all of it because it's long. But it is entitled, She Comes as a Sunset. She comes in the eve as a sunset, with the last sun slipping down her shoulders. My skin gathers for church now and waits for her ghost to arrive. Echoed chimes bloom from the distance as she steps in slowly, wearing the red evening as her gown. I press into warm air with an ear pinched to its skin. I can barely hear her, just above the silence in my writing room. We exchange voices. The cursor moves without touch, without argument. So much of me shines when I feel her presence. Doesn't every adult orphan want the chance to be parented again? In our background, a church plays our favorite hymns. We worship everything in this moment. The air, the ache of loss, the bright red bird that flies into my window, the God we belong to, the bloodless fever of loneliness, the rebirth of our souls. They are different now, aren't they? The small climb, holy of smells, holy of home, slowly droops above an isolated wind that winks and come back. Stronger and more spiritual than before. Even now, I feel a Holy Ghost dance, excitedly moving in me like an eight-year-old. No one knows that she is here with me, holding me up. I wallow so deep into her soul that I become lost. Each breath sacred, each time that we write and suppose zoetic, the air becomes cold. The cursor stops moving. The chimes from next door rings louder. The wind ungathers my skin, closes its door, and my voice becomes colorless. Thank you. Extremely powerful. Yeah, powerful. E-
1: extremely, extremely powerful. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I picked up from reading the book, as well as that particular piece, as well, is that there's so much emotion that's involved. So much emotion. Here's my question, and all of you can answer. Do you think someone can be a poet if they don't feel strong emotions?
2: Um, they can be a bland poet. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, I think the ability to feel life. I think the ability to feel life at its at, in its rawness is what makes you a poet. I mean, you cannot. I mean, I've been told that. You know, if you silence one emotion, you silence them all. So, anger. You can't silence anger because then you'll silence joy and you'll silence you know everything else. And so, I think you you have to kind of let your emotions. To you, you can't silence them and, and write, because I think mm. poetry is a thing of the soul.
1: All right, very nice.
2: Mm. Anyone
1: else? Can you be a poet if you don't feel strong emotions? Well, I, I think. Uh, I, I think the um, I think the
3: word for me, anyway, the words come out of out of feeling. They come out of. Uh, And I'm from an emotional place, and they sort of filter through the uh, through my the the, the brain, and um, and 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 attempt to make sense. Um, But Mm. I I think the the impulse to to write and to write poetry is an emotional one. All
2: right. Other thoughts. Mm -hmm. I agree with both Billy and um, Cliff. I think it does come from a place of emotion. I think that when we look at, you know, things around us, whether we agree or disagree, they move us in one direction or the other. So I think the capacity to feel and to express is really what poetry uh, is all about. It's, it's, It's a bridge. It's a voice. It's making certain that what you see and observe, and it's like a timestamp. stamp. You're going to draw some emotion from, you know, even if, if we look at what's happening right now uh, in the world, uh, yes. you're going to have some kind of emotional um, expression.
1: All right, very nice. I'd like to introduce Billy O'Kara and Hiram Leroux.
2: Okay, this is Philly. I'm going to read a poem not in the book, and one could say I'm still working on, but it's called Never Leave a Child Unattended. Never leave a child unattended. Don't laugh at them when they tell you, I am afraid to die. Never crying with them when they try to show you visible bruises or those hidden from your apathy. Never let a child see your degradation. Tell them they did not see what they know they saw. It is a blow to their innocence when you ask, why did you scream when the foul smell of Mr. Joe's barbecue chicken all about, never covering semen smells and sweat? Let them keep their same. And name for them, as you must, all holocaust, not tossing them aside, hiding under Cruz and Jack Daniels. Let them dream, let them have a dream more than a maybe so, but I know you can man the stations of their birth, of their slumber, and scream hallelujahs when they fail and pick themselves up from falling, numbering all of their victories, tell them, tall them above their own expectations, talk to them, single them out with talk, not asking for meekness and quietness, for they are too, too quiet anyway. She has no voice anyway, having been silenced by grandmas and grandpas, knowing only to say, yes, ma'am and sir, never that needed no inside of them. They were told they couldn't use anyway, then play with them, ignoring the root rot growing in their souls and that knocking at the door of their mind, taking their light away before they'll attest, I am here. Trying to find rest in the arms supposed to love them, close upon entry when winded with worry because their sky is falling. Never leave a child unattended. Wow.
4: <laughs> you know, During Grim, you asked here a while back what's one of the, what are some of the difficulties in working together as a group? Well, one difficulty is following poets like Billy Okira and. Her <laughs>
0: Lazy Thank you, oh. Thank you okay. Yeah,
4: Billy's Billy's good. Billy's good. Billy's amazing. <laughs> um, so, so this poem is not in the book. Um, it was published in a little journal called Brave New World, and it's going to be included in my next collection, which is at the Publishers. It's a, a part of a series of poems that I kind of informally call my gratitude poems. Where you are. This crumbly cake of hope, this held up high tray of joy, this down deep sparkled flute, this allelu, this opened fizz in waiting, this broom upkick and view, the wonders, yes, this ever elfin jiggle dance, this zinya burst and brightly led, this ribbony glory, this harking gurgle, this wiggle, hopping, muddy lope. Thanks, Dr. Ingram.
2: Wow. Thank you, Hal. <laughs>
1: Oh, very nice, very nice. I'd like to know now about the sections in the book. They're blending colors, rhythms, memories, diversity, uniqueness, voices, and blending together. Tell me, how was that constructed?
2: Wow. (laughs) Diane? Diane? Diane,
0: you
1: are the founder.
2: (laughs) You all are too so funny, okay? I just, you know, we, I think what, what was happening, uh, honestly, what was happening is we were coming up with different themes. And and right. coming up with those themes, uh, we began to kind of look at this, uh, taking the word blend, and coming up with all the different themes that we came up. And, and the one that comes to mind uh, is blending colors, which is the first section of the book, and once we started with that process, we had to first say, do you want to say blend or, you know, so we had to kind of agree that each section would be uh, named and for mention with the blending, because it really does speak to who we are, uh, so we wanted to make sure that that carried throughout out the book. Um, and while I, while I have the floor for just a moment, I definitely want to thank all of the endorsers and definitely want to say something about Farsene Bynum. Farsene Bynum was also a poet of distinction in Prince George's County, who with Hiram LaRue had a poetry connection. She started this process in Hiram with that diversity theme. So I just want to make sure that Folks know that when they purchase the book, that farthing Bynum, her poem is at the front of the book, and she's spotlighted in the book because of all of her work uh, in, in, you know, the area of diversity. But I, I gave all you right. a long answer, but, but yes. All right, all right, very nice. Liz
1: Reitzig and Ms. Cayenne, you're up next.
5: Hi. Yeah, I wanted to add a little bit uh, also to both the challenge question that you asked early on and to what Diane was just talking about. And one of the, um, one of the answers to what's one of the biggest challenges, and in, in, in the best possible way, kind of like uh, doing a, a really wonderful puzzle, is that we, we've actually taken certain poems from the book that we, that we worked on, each section, and then one of our members would combine it into uh, a collaborative piece. And, and they've turned out, I mean, it was, for those who were putting that together, it was a challenge, but they've turned out so incredibly beautiful. And I think that that adds a, a depth and a richness to the blend word in our, in our title, in our group name. Don't worry, very uh, nice. So be sure to be sure to ask about that sometime too. Um, we have we have quite a couple of lovely pieces there. So my next poem is not in the book. It is a poem called Wonder, very short piece. When if there were no wonder, with plight as soon arrive, see past as screens confuse the show of if in wonder be. It is not so that can be taught, or rather left undone. Alone, beyond, for whether be as if, in wonder, gone.
2: Wow! Wow! wow. <coughs> no. I feel like a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so- <Awesome. laughs> sounds like your um, like your favorite Dickinson, though. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love Thank it. you, Liz. I am going to read a piece called Grass Don't Grow in the Ghetto. It is actually in our collection in the section called Things Together. It is also uh published in a chapbook of mine called Syncopated Heart. And um I, It's funny, this was written several years ago actually. Um in response to George Brown, I think it was uh, uh, Michael Brown, sorry, Michael Brown, and then I'm reading and I'm like, wow, things remain still relevant. So uh, grass don't grow in the ghetto. Glass glistens where grass is supposed to grow. Gruesome grooves pierce the ground, jutting upward like black fists punching stale air. Sharp-petaled flowers memorialize dreams, wishes, and whispers of hope. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why grass don't grow in the ghetto. Gaping gashes sets his face aglow in the act to glow-up and grappling with the popo. Gory glimpses of his faded glory is merely a glimmer in his glittering eyes. Grossing for the remnants of his vitality, and slips through his fingers. His mother curses the fingers and pulls the trigger. They shot my Sun mulled down like blades of green grass growing towards a glaring sun. My sun! His spirit pierces white clouds thrust upward like a black fish punching stale air. Still can't figure out why grass don't grow in the ghetto. In the ghetto. His homies pour libations, one sip for you, ten gulps for me, believing that the blood-stained tree roots next to the yellow tape and the white chalk silhouette would somehow serve as his esophagus, delivering liquid resurrection power. But before he could rise from the dead, his homies would wash away urban poetry with hot pits and hot piss, leaving nothing behind but Shattered, liquor bottles, Shattered liquor bottles
0: and the stench of dreams
2: deferred. Still wondering why grass don't, wonder don't grow in the gap. Our sprinkler system our sprinkler spews putrid defeat. We fertilize our we seeds with maggot steel, cow, cow chips and avaricious and dung, aka some, dung. some real stinky shit. shit. We, eat we eat our young and throw up our old, killing young. our future while immortalizing our, future past. our past. Have we excuse hate, hate when the hater hate is a hunger and the little black boy is the bait can't grow in the ghetto as long as grass stays greener on the other side. As long as the mm-hmm. economical, medical, and educational divides are wider than the between our eyes, glass will continue to glisten where grass is supposed to grow until our so-called social services becomes true human services, until our equality is no longer a no girl but something that we do know going forward. until our narcissistic greed greed ceases to be our ladder,
0: ladder. And the lives
2: of little black boys and little black girls, they really do matter. In the meantime, we'll politic and pontificate and perseverate the problems that plague the brown people, ignoring the glass that we with grass. It's supposed to grow. Acting like we, just can't, figure we out just can't figure out why grass don't, why grow, grass don't grow in the ghetto. In the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that's a
1: perfect segue uh-huh. into my question, and this is for all of you. What is the role of a poet in modern-day society? And anyone can start.
2: This is Billy. The role, the role of the poet is to tell the truth. I mean, for me personally, uh, as I listen to poets and everything, I think I get very bored and upset when there just seems to be a rant and a rave about what really doesn't matter. I think if we're... Especially I, I'm probably the oldest one. I am the oldest one in the group. You know, I just became a great-grandmother about a week ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, uh, thank you. Um, I just believe that we owe the next generation. I mean, Liz talked about the next generation and the generations to come. We owe them the truth about life and and how, you know, how we saw the eyes we saw life through. We, um, um, You know, they don't need fairy tales, they need to see reality and I think that the poet is responsible for bringing that reality to the forefront. The forefront. And that's my take on it. That's my take on it. All right. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, this is Miss Cayenne. I think um there's several roles of the poet, and in this last piece that I read, I think one of, fact, one of the roles is to is um, the, shed light, um, to, um, to um, expose, to decry to and declare, um, and declare um, um, to, fight, to right? fight, right, to fight inequities fight, and injustices, and um, and injustices um, to to um, do to so in our lanes, so in our boldly, lanes, um, and hopefully... Effectively, I think we all have a, I think we all have whatever, a area, whatever, whatever our area, passion, whatever our passion, whatever. I think we passion, have the ability to impact change. change, and I think the role of the poet is, the is, to, do so is to do so with words, so. words, words that pierce, that words that that that, words that shed light, that, that reveal, light, that reveal um, um,
5: and ideally change.
2: Ideally change. Mm. All right, all right. Someone else, please.
1: What's the role of a poet? What role should
3: we play, I'm Cliff? Here, I think I agree with everything that's been said, um, and but I, I also would add that I think the role of a poet is to bring beauty into the world. That there is so much that needs to change, and there is so much uh, ugliness. Um, part of the part of the. the uh, the gift of a poet is to be able to see beauty in, 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 in all of that and around that and in that and to, 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 bring, it, to, to bring it to life. So I, I would just add to the,
1: to, the mix, to the mix. Okay. Liz, Diane, Hiram, the role of a poet in modern-day society.
5: Yeah, this is Liz speaking. Yeah, is Liz speaking. I, I, I love everything I, I that my fellow poets have said, said there. there. And I would I would add to that also, and, and it's hard to articulate really, but to allow oneself to to become closer to God, and however that that individual defines that, and then maybe allow that the reader to to come closer to themselves, and also to come closer to whatever spiritual truth that they they live by.
1: I like that. Hiram, how about you, Sarah?
4: Yeah. um, uh, My sense is that uh, poets play multiple roles, um, but one theme that kind of threads all of them together uh, or threads through many of them is the poet typically tries to haunt. I mean by that uh, when somebody reads a poem or hears a poem, hopefully they leave with um, 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 questions some that have been answered, questions some questions that have answered, not been answered. Not been answered um, uh, um, social uh, awareness that perhaps they were unaware of. of some duty uh, that has of been that revealed, revealed that had never been apparent never to the reader or the listener. Or the so the listener. it's it's so kind so of the, it, the, it, the the poet through haunts through her, her or his words, or words and leaves words the reader. Uh, wanting, more. wanting more. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes. And Diane, bring us home.
2: Well, I think that, uh, I think that certainly poetry, poetry paints a picture. A picture. Um, and it does so it does very... So um, very emotionally with some experience uh, that we have tread through so that we can share with others. I think it is also a bridge. I, like uh, Cliff, believe that there, there's a lot of beauty. I think there's light. I think like Hiram and, and Liz and uh, Miss Cayenne and um, have said that these are moments where we can capture and hope to have folks, Have some introspection, some self-examination, to take something with them, to know that we're bleeding from the soul onto the page so that what we say and how we say it has some depth of influence, to to even just, it's almost like a seed, just to think about what has been said, maybe for change, maybe for growth, maybe for introspection. but certainly uh, I think when people bleed on paper, it is for a reason, and, I, you know, we hope that we leave something with the reader or with the audience.
1: I could keep all of you all night long, but <laughs> I can't do that. And I want to I want to continue this dialogue, this discussion. I want to continue to hear the beautiful words, the powerful words, your thoughts. Uh, I, I'm just so impressed. The book, The Right Blend, is available on Amazon.com as well as Walmart.com. I think everyone should purchase it. It is a must-read. It does signify what's happening in this nation today. We all need to come together in some way, shape, or form. So I want to thank all of you. And I'd like, Cliff, if you don't mind, I'd like you to play us out, if you don't mind, if that's okay, if comfortable with that. Love All right. It. Sure. Thank sure. you. Thank you. everyone. Thank Thanks again and have a wonderful evening and Thank as I share every program let poetry ring. Good night everyone. Thank you, Thank so, you so much. much. Night night. Good night. you so much. Good night. You're welcome back anytime. Alright, good, <laughs> good, night. good night everybody. Good night. Good night. Good, night. Good, night. good night. good night. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.